Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hello. Welcome to Lakeshore and Limbo, an improvised occult noir story told using tabletop role-playing game rules. Since our investigators are starting another new case, I wanted to take a minute to welcome new listeners and give you everything you need to jump in here. Any new case is a great place to start listening, but if you want to avoid spoilers for earlier episodes, stop this one, go back, and listen to those. We'll be right here when you get back. If you've never heard of a role-playing game before, it's a storytelling game where one player, myself, describes the story's world to the rest of the players, CJ, Tina, and Nathan, who play the protagonists and decide what they want to do. We use a storytelling game called Foo, which stands for Freeform Universal, and there are two main rules. If a character wants to do something that might fail, that player will roll a six-sided die. The six possible results are, yes, they succeed, yes, they succeed and something else good happens, yes, they succeed but something bad also happens, no, they fail, no, they fail but something good also happens, and no, they fail and something else bad happens. Depending on their chances, they might roll more than one die and get to take the best one, or they might have to take the worst one. They've also each got mysterious powers, but they have to spend their precious poker chips to use them, and they can only get their chips back by doing stuff I think is cool. Okay, that's it for the rules. Lakeshore and Limbo is a story about Vincent Melody, a detective with a suspicious resemblance to a Golden Age Hollywood film star who should certainly be dead by now, played by C.J. Tour, his crotchety alchemist partner, Abe Cohen, played by Nathan Kaplan, and Sassy, a young woman with a criminal past who also used to be a cat, played by Tina Arfey, and it's narrated by me, James Harvey Freetley. On their last case, they infiltrated an auction for the world's greatest thieves to find a missing photo of a gorgon, and they made off with several occult artifacts to call their own. Abe is still searching for a cure for his granddaughter, who was aged 20 years in an instant when Abe tried to cheat his way out of a magical bargain. Vince's eternal youth and ability to heal people and things remains a mystery. Though, recently, he's realized he can use his power to heal his own clothes, which is saving him a fortune on bespoke suits. And as always, Sassy continues to steal things like her hands were made of glue covered with magnets, while letting Vince think he's turned her life around. She recently acquired her own human apartment. We can only imagine how it smells. Okay, that's just about everything you need to know to jump in, but there's one more thing. All of Abe's messing around with the forces of life and death have attracted some unwanted attention from certain authorities. A coachman, clad in black, pulled up before Melody Investigations and told Abe it was time to go. The investigators managed to put him off for a little bit, and some of you might be wondering what happened. Well, what happened was this. into the evening in the middle of Lincoln Square. The night is once again broken by the sound of iron-rimmed wheels clattering down the concrete. The wheels stop in front of Melody Investigations. Anyone who looked at the clock would see it was midnight. But the more inquisitive among you who take a glance at the calendar see that it's Tuesday. It's the Tuesday after Memorial Day the first business day since the coachman visited Melody Investigations, looking for Abe Cohen, and he finds him standing before the office. Abe is full-on waiting outside with a 
a fairly large coat on. Abe Cohen, it is the first business day since our last encounter, and it is time for you to mount the steps to the coach. Wait, so you asked your boss? Yeah. Well, okay, so they said, yes, you're supposed to come. You've been supposed to come for a while, but for some reason... Your records just keep getting shuffled to the bottom. They keep being low priority. We don't know what's going on up there, but I am diligent. I am new. So I this have is something from your boss. Prove. This is straight up from your boss. This isn't you being a rogue agent trying to do whatever. Look, it's not from the boss, the one you meet at the end of your journey. <laughs> oh, gosh. Quiet, Excalibur. <laughs> it is from my manager. Okay. I'd like to take this all the way to the top because, you know, it is my, it is, it is my life that is at stake here. All right. Um, I could, do you want to come or do you want me to bring her here? Sure. No, I'll come. I'll come. Oh, excellent. All right. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, Can you just, can you give me a, 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 a hand up? I'm, I'm old. I, it's, it's hard for me to get up. Yes. Be not disturbed by the chilling touch and the smooth printless palm of my hand okay and he reaches down and grabs on dave's hand once i have his hand i want to put it in one of my coat pockets what what's happening and at this point in time those uh shackles the chains that i have that's right the chains that they found at the auction at the red lotus hotel I would like I would like for him to touch those chains and for me to take my hand away as soon as possible. As he reaches into your pocket, the chains wrap around his wrist and snake up and ensnare him. They circle his entire body, leaving him cocooned in an iron carapace of chain, and he falls onto the concrete. You! What have you done? Abe then takes out of a, out of another pocket a, an empty bottle of Malort. No. And he's... <laughs> Excalibur, no, don't look. <laughs> he says a couple words in uh, a long dead language and then basically, like, scoops him up in the bottle of Malort. No, I have so many rounds to do. Corks it. Uh, goes over to Excalibur and slaps it on the behind. <laughs> <laughs> and with a whinny... Excalibur takes off, dragging the now empty black coach off into the night. You feel a struggle in your pocket, but then it's all still. Clippity-clop, 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 says Excalibur. (laughs) This is some great Foley work. (laughs) (laughs) Abe returns into Melody Investigations to find Vince still up, reading a book. He thought Vince had gone to bed. Vince, what have you seen? Vince uh, likes to play some things close to the hip, but to be perfectly honest, he has been pretty enraptured by Katniss's Everdeen's quest to free herself <laughs> from these <laughs> hungerous games. <laughs> no, but he he probably uh, this is this is I'll, I'll say this can't canonically knew that this was happening, but Abe did not ask for his help. So he did that thing that, like, parents do where it's like, none of my business, reading book, not paying attention, and didn't listen, but stayed up to be like, oh, oh, you're him. I didn't, oh, I forgot you were out. You know, that kind of thing. So when he walks through, he's like, oh, hello. Vince, uh, you're, you're up late. Well, you know, this dystopian future is not going to enthrall itself. Sure, yeah. Um, 
I'm going to put this bottle of Malort back on the the drink cart. You're going to put this bottle of Malort back on the drink cart? Are you insane? I am not having Malort on my drink cart. Okay, I'll put it in a cabinet then. Thank you, and lock it up. That's what I figured. Nobody drinks Malort except as a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And we zoom out through the window of Melody Investigations into a night that has a new feature, a deathless quality to it. And now... The sun sets over the second city. Graves yawn and shadows stretch as the night comes awake. And you're on a strange corner of Chicago where mysteries gather. At Lakeshore and Limbo. Silence hangs over Logan Square. However, if one were to listen closely, they might hear a soft purring coming from the slightly cracked window to an apartment above a storefront. If you try to search this storefront online, you'll find Reynolds Dry Cleaning, but the scrap of paper taped over the mailbox says, Melody Investigations. The apartment belongs to one-third of Melody Investigations. Sassy, who is asleep in her newly acquired human bed, and dreaming of a girl she once knew. Sassy, tell us about your dream. Um, I'm uh, sitting in some grass next to Sophie, uh, and I am my cat, Tabby Cat Self, and she is uh, moving a, a blade of grass, and I'm, I'm trying to catch it. And uh, then all of a sudden it gets dark, and it starts to rain, and I don't want to be wet because ugh. it starts to rain, and Sophie runs under the tree with you. We're going to cut to another person sleeping in Melody Investigations. Abe has fallen asleep in the office of Melody Investigations, reading one of his books, and he has begun to dream himself as the hero of that book. Yeah, so Abe is like super ripped, but with the same face. <laughs> And he pulls, uh, he pulls a a female figure that you can't really see close to him, and then he looks and he looks hard, and it's it's uh, it's Jess, his his granddaughter, and he like freaks out for a second and pushes her away, and when he pushes her away, she falls off of a cliff. And as she is falling, she's aging while she's falling. Oh, he reaches out to her, but it's too late. He can't grasp her. We're going to cut to the the last dream in Melody Investigations. Vince, he's wearing silk pajamas (laughs) and sleeping on top of the covers so as not to rumple them. (laughs) And what is he dreaming? (laughs) Vince's dream is in black and white. Uh, There is a kerfuffle in an in a medieval court where the tyrant king has just declared that he will catch that scoundrel that has been plaguing his court when all of a sudden 
Swinging down from a chandelier comes Vincent, sword in hand, and he decries, Villain, have at thee! And an epic sword fight begins. We return back to Sassy's dream. Sassy. Um, at this point, um, I'm with Sophie under the bed, but then a uh, tall uh, figure in a lab coat uh, who's like drunk with crazy hair picks me up and grabs me and takes me away <gasps> from Sophie. You can see Sophie reaching out towards you as the world goes dark around you. But as she does, the face of the young girl changes. Her hair darkens and straightens, and her clothes are replaced by a ghostly white wrap with a wide collar of gold and azure beadwork. She stands before you, and she places a finger to her lips and waves her hand. Suddenly, you find yourself hidden in the reeds by the banks of a flowing river. The girl stands up to her knees in the water on the banks, and the crocodiles take notice. What do you do? No! I, um... Try to paw and scratch at um, at the uh, the scientist holding me, and I um, I try to get loose. You do. The scientist turns into dust, but in his place flops down Abe. He, he flops down on the banks in the mud next to you. He's got his face, but ripped abs and huge <laughs> biceps. Sassy. What the fuck? <laughs> what is? You're a cat. You're an actual cat. Yeah, and you're jacked. You're not actually jacked. I know. <laughs> what is that? What are you doing? What is... Uh, this what is it? my dream. No, this is my dream. Wait, we're dreaming. Uh, yeah. Together. Yeah. Why? Dark, I don't know. Dark clouds begin to creep closer and closer to the sun. The crocodiles drop into the water, and they begin to swim towards the girl. What do you do? Oh, I I gotta go. I gotta go, Abe. Use your muscles. Help. You need the girl. The girl. Okay. <laughs> we gotta get I, her. I Abe like walks into the river and tries to pick up the girl with his hulking muscles. You're pretty far away from her, and in between you there is a giant crocodile. What are you gonna do about it? He's the crocodile. Oh, there have been so many romance covers where he, where like the main character has been punching a crocodile. So Abe is like, I'm ripped. I'm ready. I'm Wait, what, is, this what is the name of one romance novel where the cover is somebody punching a crocodile? Uh, the Wind in the River. Listener, I invite you to look it up. Let's all check that. <laughs> and if it is not true, please send a tweet to Nathan Kaplan calling him a dirty liar. All right. Go ahead and roll and see how that goes. You pick up a crocodile, you rear back and... Oof. <laughs> That's a no and. <laughs> <laughs> you do manage to... Uh, you do manage to sock the crocodile right in the face, but as you do, it turns into Vince, wearing a doublet and breeches and holding a sword out. The sword pierces through your shoulder, and now there's <gasps> blood in the water, and Vince is staring at you confusedly. Oh. You stabbed me! <laughs> Abe, you've been using that Bowflex I got you last Hanukkah. <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Wait. That's not just a, a cardigan rack that I've been using. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Animals? Craziness? Uh, a real cat that looks like sassy? Sophie! Oh, that talks? It talks, it full <laughs> on Deep talks. metaphor? <laughs> I'm gonna launch it. Are we it. dreaming? <laughs> yeah, this full-on dream. Oh, uh, the blood has attracted the attention of the uh. crocodiles, but there are still plenty heading towards the girl. In fact, the crocodiles have formed a close circle around the girl. I don't want to get in the water. I don't want to get in the water. I don't want to get in the water. <laughs> the sun is covering the clouds, save for one beam. That beam strikes the water before the girl. The girl turns and looks at Sassy, 
and she lies on her back, allowing the beam to shine on her chest. Her face sinks beneath the water, and the sun is covered. Suddenly, she is before you on the banks. A spot of sunlight still glows on her chest, winking at you. She takes a small part of the sunlight between her fingers and drops it on a dead frog. The frog rises and hops away towards the water, shedding its legs as it goes and becoming a tadpole. Her smile turns into a look of horror as you hear wings beat in the distance, growing louder and louder, and all goes dark. And you awaken, Melody Investigation. <gasps> what the fuck? <laughs> My pajamas. <laughs> no, no, they're fine. Abe, Abe immediately gets up and takes all the cardigans off the Bowflex. <laughs> <laughs> he can't know I'm not using it. <laughs> We're each in our individual yeah, rooms. Yeah, you're each in your individual rooms. Oh, my God. It's about 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just um, going to towel off because I'm clearly very sweaty <laughs> from Vince that is, stress. Vince is about to storm out to like get everybody so we can check notes but then looks at the mirror and then stops and then gets fully dressed so it takes about 15-20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> By that time everybody's already down in the office. Breakfast is cooked. There's coffee floating through the air as Frank pours it into mugs. Frank, did you have any unusual dreams last night? Do you, do you sleep? Alright, that explains that. Uh, I did. You all were in it. Yeah, yeah pretty you guys sure it were was, in my dream. Yes. Yeah, pretty it sure was it was. all same. Yeah, we were co-dreaming. Well, okay. So. First of all, how dare you guys show up in my dreams? I apologize. I have my own place now, and that means I have my own personal brain. I feel like there was some outsider who brought us together. Really? Well, there was a lot of symbology in that. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, there was, there was crocodiles and the big river and... Frog that turned into a tadpole. Yeah, frog turned into a tadpole. Of wings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any other pertinent details we, we should track? Did anybody... S- oh, the beam of light, of course. Yeah. That possibly resurrected the child. Did, it sounds like some Exodus stuff oh, to me. Oh, the child. Did anyone know anybody in the dream? Because yeah. I knew the child. Oh. oh. Was it the, am I the only one who recognized somebody? Well, in my d- dream, before you interrupted, I was on the set of one of my old films. Yeah, in my dream, I was in... A creepy romance book. Like one of the many that has a man fighting a crocodile on the cover? Yeah. The Wind in the River, specifically. Among one. Yeah. (laughs) There's a knock at the door. All right. I know we haven't had a lot of sleep, but this could be an important client. So let's all put on our best game face. Okay. I'm going to rub my face on them. Well, yeah, you're right. (laughs) <laughs> Shows ownership. <laughs> the door opens, and you see a woman in her early 30s, long brown hair tied back in a messy bun, and a satchel of books thrown over her shoulder that's threatening to pull her over. Uh, hi, is this, um, uh, oh God, I'm sorry, is this Melody Investigations? Yes, I am Vincent Melody, and these are my two partners. Oh, that's great. Hi. Hello. 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 Hi, may I take your books and coat? Uh, yeah, hi. Uh, well, I'll hang on to the books. Uh, they're library books. My name's Megan. Hello. Do you want a I'm... cup of coffee? Yeah, please. Yes. Cream and sugar? Uh, black, please. Okay. Oh, thank you. Megan, That's your wonderful. coat? Oh, uh, she looks at you because you're being kind of insistent about it. And she, she says, uh, sure. I do a really cute side, side tilt of my head. <laughs> coat? <laughs> Yeah. Listen, okay. what you can't see is Tina is, in fact, doing a cute side tilt of her head. <laughs> that's pretty adorable. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty adorable. She hands you the coat. Okay, obviously I'm going to do what I do. All right. <laughs> I'm going to through it. Now, Megan has fallen for this. James should not have. <laughs> <laughs> 
All <laughs> right, go there. ahead and rifle through that coat. Okay. Pockets, side things. Oh, you got you to gotta roll to see what you get. Oh, I do? Mm-hmm. One? Yes. All right. I missed my tent. Six. It's a six. Uh, you find three $20 bills, and you find a note written in a hastily scrawled hand, but you don't have time to fully look at it right now. Hmm. Well, I'm going to put the note back for now. Okay. But I'm going to keep everything else. All right. Yeah, you can, so <laughs> just the essentials you're keeping. I'm worried she's going to try to give it to me later. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, see, Tina learns. <laughs> I, I was wondering, um, are you open to taking new clients at the moment? Oh, of course. We're always open for those who have a problem that needs solving. Oh, fabulous. Well, it's sort of a thing. Um, my... Uh, advisor, he is missing. Uh, he's been missing for two days, and uh, well, I, you know, obviously he's his own person, and I'm not, you know, no reason I would need him. But I, I guess I got, I got to have somebody looking at my dissertation, right? I mean, other, what else is an advisor for? Um, so I was hoping maybe you could find him, and I thought maybe it would be best if I went to you because he's been having some trouble with his. Uh, Dreams. Um, when at the when when the second she says dreams, we, we all like shoot glances at each other and then instantly go back to it. <laughs> it is the most suspicious thing in the world. <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that a sort of like is that a secret word for you guys? Uh, no, it's just this week we're having a special on dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, you qualify for a ten percent discount. Oh, fabulous! <laughs> <laughs> at that, Sassy. Abe and Sassy shoot a glance at each other and <laughs> like roll our eyes. <laughs> Do you also give student discounts? I'm. Uh, I have a five percent student discount, but they cannot compound. Ah, uh, you want that 10 (laughs) percent gotta get that 10 (laughs) percent okay fabulous um so he's been missing for a couple of days um i just sort of woke up and he i mean i uh, went to his office and he wasn't there what's his name uh professor carter uh hugh carter he's a professor of egyptology he was my dissertation advisor he's a professor of egyptology and his last name is carter yes interesting why have you are you familiar with Howard Carter? I, I, Megan Dale in this world, am not, but others. <laughs> oh, okay. All other, right. Others, others. So might that is be. not a reference. That is intention. That is an illusion. Is not a- is not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome behind the curtain, listener. <laughs> I was waiting for you here the whole time. Yes, and it's, I know exactly what we're talking. It about. is me, James, the writer of these things. <laughs> Get back into the story. Away with you. <laughs> uh, yeah, his name is uh, Hugh Carter. Okay. All right, never mind. It raises no reference in my brain. So uh, when you went into his office, I mean, did you notice that anything was amiss? Um, you know, uh, and she, her eyes are sort of darting back and forth. I want someone to go ahead and roll. Who thinks they are the most perceptive? Oh. But, okay, know. yeah, Vince, go ahead and roll. Uh, one or two. Uh, roll two. I'm going to say you're the more perceptive of the bunch. Ooh, 60 SAM. Yeah, she's lying about going to his office. Uh, she Something's embarrassing her. Um, we would be glad, of course, if there's anything amiss, but I do warn you that if we go in without all the information, it would be like going to a rifle range without 
any ammo. Oh, God, no, no guns. Um, well, no, but you understand what I'm saying is the more you tell us, the more effective we can be. All right, listen, I... Uh, he... Um, he falls asleep in his office a lot while I'm there, and happens to the best of us. Yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> Did Sassy say that out loud? <laughs> <laughs> she turns and looks directly at Sassy, a very deadpan expression on her face, as though begging her not to say anything. Uh huh. <laughs> oh yeah, I I like to sleep everywhere. Mm-hmm. I get it. Um. He was having some uh, trouble with his dreams, and it all started after he started working on the new exhibit at the Field Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been working on restoring a, a temple that he found on one of his digs, doing well, doing a recreation of a temple. He's doing a 100% recrea- uh, accurate recreation, and it was supposed to open today, uh, but he started acting kind of weird a few days back somebody um approached him with a deal about one of the artifacts in the temple that he was building for the museum and ever since then he's just been acting really um funny when he was asleep in his office funny like how like a clown yeah funny like a cl- no 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 um i'm sorry he uh <laughs> did he, he make you laugh no, no, no. <laughs> he was saying something about a girl uh and needing to protect her um, and a, a crow. Uh, we all shoot glances at each other. We all look back. <laughs> oh, if we only compounded, we could also give you the crow discount. But I'm <laughs> unfortunately, we don't do that. Unfortunately, sorry. <laughs> I, I am worried he might have gone to the museum. He was sort of obsessed. He was spending all of his time there. What's the new exhibit? Oh, it's the tombs of Akintaten. Okay, because all I see are like... On the cab, on the top of cabs, I just see signs for Robot Revolution still. No, nope, that's it's, a different museum. I know that's it's a different museum. It also is so old at this point in time. <laughs> but they're still there? They're, they're still there. If you look at cabs sometimes, they still have advertisements for Robot Revolution. Good God. Yeah. <laughs> but I have actually seen the banners for this uh, advertisement, say, in front of the Field Museum. It is highly publicized. Yeah, the Tombs of Akintan is supposed to be really exciting. It's The professor made a 100% accurate recreation of the tomb. 100% accurate? Yeah. Aren't a good deal of tombs underground? Yeah, it was a huge deal. Very expensive. I was able to do a little bit of advising on it. Aren't a good deal of tombs also having a body of some sort in them? That um, might have been what the person was approaching him about. He didn't consider it for very... I mean, he didn't consider it. He, he wasn't gonna. But putting a body, like a real body in there? Is that what you're implying? It's a museum. It's true. The well, like museum. a mummy body. Yeah, exactly. The Feel- real Akintaten? Who is that? Well, Akintaten was a, a pharaoh. Uh, he was the father of uh, Tutankhamun, but he was uh, sort of an apostate from uh, the Egyptian pantheon, People, back then at least, were furious at him for trying to establish a monotheistic... Listen to me, going on and on. You don't want this. Um, no, we're, all, we're all very aware of this history. I like uh, it. Yes, all of us. <laughs> listen, I was just hoping maybe you could, you know, um, go check the... Look around, see if you could find him. Also, I think I might have been followed here. What? what? Yeah. Uh, that's a good thing to open with. <laughs> yeah. Vince does the thing where, like, he's already done this before, like, wheels back in his chair and then this, like, kind of 
slightly opens the shutters on like the window. Uh huh. Does he? Does Vince see anything, or do I need to roll for anything? There is a black lotus outside idling. Is that a car? That is a car. It's also a flower. It's <laughs> also a flower, <laughs> and I'm just now realizing that it is also pretty close to the name of a hotel from the last episode. Oh. <laughs> oh. Red Lotus? I'm a fucking oh, terrible writer. Oh. <laughs> Howard Carter would disagree. Oh. <laughs> so, to be fair, we've known that since you named that one character Brent Braun and <laughs> the Brent Woods. We all figured that out. <laughs> the jig is up. Get him, boys. <laughs> And inside the car, there is a woman in a red hijab with giant sunglasses obscuring most of her face. Mm-hmm. The question is, does she see you see her? Sure. Go ahead and roll one. Mm. For stealth? Yeah. Oh, oh boy. Shit. Oh! Yes, well, no, it's a one for her. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for her. She. I am afraid not. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, she looks... And you see her adjust the rearview mirror. She makes, as far as you can tell from the sunglasses, direct eye contact with you. <laughs> the car pulls away. I went just for the sake of narrative because it was a yes and. Like the the moment we make eye contact, Vince like points to him like, me? Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so uh <laughs> Megan has worked her way actually kind of behind the desk. She's been sort of nervous and on edge the entire time. And she's almost crouching behind the desk. And he says, or she says, what, was there anyone out there? <laughs> Not anymore. Anyway, we'll take your case. Um, and in fact, uh, because of the discounts and whatnot played, uh, here's my business card. We'll give you a call. We usually do lost items as value, lost person's case. We have a flat fee, which... Just going to present that sheet to you now. She takes a look at it, and her grad student's um, <laughs> eyeballs pop out of her head, and she does a little internal calculation, weighing the cost of fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Sassy, stop whispering that amount whenever they look at our sheet. <laughs> and as she looks at the sheet. Suddenly, you hear the screech of tires and the shattering of glass, and there are concussive bursts in your wall. The plaster starts bursting, and you realize it's bullet holes. What do you do? Everybody down! Hit the I deck. Instantly grab Megan and to throw her down as I jumped. All right, everybody, I'd run roll under one. the couch. <laughs> My favorite spot. Ooh, baby! Wowie! I got a one. I got. A, I got a no butt. I got a six. No. I got a yes and. Oh God! All right. No. Tell you what. So you got a no but you got a no. I got a no but she got a no and. I got no and. Okay. So here's what we're gonna say happens. You dive on top of Megan, you get hit, but not bad, but Megan does not. You manage to protect her. Okay. You guys are an interesting case because you are on the exact opposite ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. All right. So what do you guys think? I, Abe, I think you can use your yes and to help mitigate Sassy's no but or I feel like no I certainly and. get shot. Yeah, what are you gonna I'm do? Yeah, shot. able able uh, try and do what see what uh, Vince did. Uh huh. And like throw Sassy down. Okay, let's see here. There is a oh, <laughs> all right. So you manage to tackle Sassy to the ground. Sassy, as you go down, a bullet whizzes above your head. You guys both feel yourself go through a cold patch, and then the bullet sort of hangs in midair above you no, and sort of staggers around. Frank! 
<laughs> he can't die. He's already dead. <laughs> Staggers around and collapses into the couch. It's Frank. hovering just above. The... Frank. Oh, man. That's not good. Oh, no, Frank. Frank. Knock once. <laughs> He's okay. <laughs> no. Oh, Frank. Frank. Uh, is, is, is the shooting still going on? No, it has stopped. One of your windows is completely blown out and you hear tires screeching away. Okay. Uh, Vince kind of cr- crawls to the window and he hears the tires screeching and kind of takes a peek outside. Uh, there's no one like left behind or anything. Shooting. Okay. No. <sighs> All right. I'm going to go over and look at Frank as best I can. Uh, what you notice is that the bullet is just sort of hovering there kind of vibrating wildly. Mm. Thing about poltergeists is they are ghosts, but in order for them to throw shit around, pick stuff up, they have to be able to interact with the physical world, which means the physical world can interact with them. Oh, Frank. Well, Frank cannot die, but this is pretty bad. Um, oh, actually. Does it hurt, Frank? I'm sorry, bud. Megan is watching all of this, and she's... She pops up and says, well, who's, who's Frank? Oh. oh, Megan, we need you to go to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> you need me to yes, go to the bathroom? go to the bathroom and close the door. <laughs> Roll, I'll escort you. Please. <laughs> what? <laughs> please. I, 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 like, pick her up and take her and into the, the bathroom. You, you're an old man. Are you still, like, I think I think Abe thinks he's going to pick her up because he's still got. He gives her a hand, not, like, full picks her up. Oh, I yeah. see. I like, imagine you still thought you were Fabio. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to help Abe with this. It's like, yes, it looks like, oh, you might have got cut. Go check yourself out in the mirror. Okay. Uh, she goes, oh, oh, shit. Okay, fine. Sorry. I'll be right back. And then she closes the door. Abe puts a chair under it. <laughs> <laughs> Vince does not notice because he's busy with Frank. All right. Um, I think I think Vince is going to heal Frank. Okay. Uh, which is going to cost everything. Oh, but what if we just did surgery? <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody with any medical knowledge, please raise Is your he hand. Gonna, he I, can't die. Frank, can you can can you say yes or no? Does you can't say no? You just did say no. Oh, Frank, yes. can you die? If you left, if we left this bullet here, would you be in pain for a very long time? If we took the bullet out, would you be okay? Okay, I think I might get this. All right. Uh, I spend one to manipulate elements to oh. pull the, to like essentially like water bend the bullet out. Or oh, interesting. Or yeah, or it sort of goes liquid and sort of out of Frank's body. And you can see Frank sort of stand up as the chair releases right. back from underneath his weight. And you feel two very cold patches on your shoulder. He, he touched my shoulder. Okay. <laughs> So you. you're okay. Oh, cool. real quick, uh, before we, you know, get her, I want, I need to go. I need to look. Hello, at her coat. Uh, the bathroom door is stuck. Oh, is it? Keep working on it. It and sticks sometimes. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run to her coat pocket and I'm gonna look at the note. Oh, uh, it says kind of what you expected it to. It's a billet doux uh, from somebody with uh, who signs themselves. HC. What is a billet do? It's a love letter. Oh, it's oh. a love letter. Could I possibly give it one to a, can I get a look at the handwriting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just going to kind of store what that handwriting looks away as we look for other stuff. Yeah, it's incredibly spidery, done with a very inky pen. Mm, okay. Mm, okay. Good to know. Okay, I'm All putting right. it back and we'll go get her. Yeah, go okay. Her? Okay. Ah. 
Oh my gosh! I woof woof woof. Oh, Sorry, it's so away. hot out. You know that the door expands. Also, bullets could have done something. True. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think would be better at this? <laughs> Vince is like looking around, like, why am I the one lying to this woman? <laughs> We're frazzled. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, great. We will take your case. As you can tell, it's very dangerous. So what I what I what I would ask you to do is uh, return to your homestead and try to lay low. If anything else goes wrong, I give her Samson's card. Uh, this is our contact in the police department. Let him know that you have a case with us and that there might be nefarious doings transpiring. Oh, thank you. Um. I'm going to take a cab, I think. Fair enough. Do we have a mode of transportation right now? Do we have the... Can we get the bagel? The bagel back? Oh, that's a good question. I guess it's up to Abe because it's Abe's... Noel, would you have spent the money to free the bagel? Oh, yeah. Because we made some. We we made some last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should start keeping a running tally of how you guys are spending your fiction money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think most of it is generally going to bills. Clothes. But we have some extra (laughs) clothes. There's also a small amount going to dress. Treats. And Sassy's apartment. apartment. Yes, and, and treats for sure. And treats. All right. You go out and a freshly unimpounded bego with some Abe, I think you've probably to like apologize to the bego for letting it get impounded. You've like had something nice done to it. What's that thing? Wood paneling on the side. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> you've got it you've like redone the wood paneling. It's like a very nice oak. Yeah. Uh Abe, have you ever named the bego? It's just called the bego. Hell yeah, it's just the bego. Yeah. Okay. All right, fabulous. All right, so you guys have the bego. Where are you heading? I think we're heading to. I'm sorry. Can we take that back? Uh, okay. You want to retcon what I the bego is? I want to retcon what we named. <laughs> uh, oh, can good. you ask if I if Abe has ever named the bego? <laughs> Abe, have you ever named the bego? Yeah, its name is Jolene. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> sweet. <laughs> I think we're heading to the field museum, right? I think so. All right. So uh, Vince puts on his museum going suit. Which is? <laughs> well, it's a lovely summer day, so it's a nice tan suit uh, mm-hmm. with a uh, light blue shirt. Um, he has also, it's a little too warm for this, but he is wearing his white trench coat. And he has a nice, like, Panama hat. Oh. <laughs> hey, real talk, people outside of Chicago, it's a little too warm for everything right now. Yeah. So freaking hot. But <laughs> CJ Tour actually wore a suit today, too, so. Jesus, what a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sassy's getting into crop tops now, just like Tina. (laughs) (laughs) And? And Abe, just like Nathan, is wearing plaid cargo shorts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) And somewhere out there, there's a writer who invested in some rain pants and a rain backpack cover to go with his rain jacket. And yesterday felt like an unstoppable demigod storming (laughs) through the streets, which could not best him. (laughs) Amazing. Approaching the steps of the Field Museum, you find massive banners hanging between its columns, inviting you to dig into ancient Egypt by exploring a 100% accurately recreated tomb. However, as you draw nearer, you're stopped by a throng of hundreds of angry, grumbling ticket holders. At the top of the stairs stands a balding man in a sweaty brown suit, shouting into a bullhorn that the museum is closed for a police investigation. Everyone, please, please go home. Uh, Your tickets will be uh, uh, redeemed in uh, some way as yet to be determined. Uh, Please, uh, the museum is closed for the day. Go home. Sassy, do you think you can break inside? Yeah, 100%. Okay, great. (laughs) Abe, come with me. Okay. 
Uh, as as they do that, Vince like works his way to the front. My daughter, my daughter, hold on. Excuse me, before you close up, I think my daughter's still inside. Oh, no, sir. If she's inside, she'll be fine. There are police everywhere in there. You don't understand. She has allergies. You have the EpiPen, don't you, Frank? I do. Little Libby's gone. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Ah. Her grandfather, you know, he's getting on in years. Please, uh, if I could just step inside and take a quick look for her. Oh, God. Uh, uh, let me tell one of the inside officers to at least pass off the EpiPen. Oh, Jesus. Uh, roll one. Okay. Uh, you know what? Two. We we decided you were. I'm a good actor. Yeah, you're silver tongued. Ooh, four. Uh, yes. Oh, that's just right, a strap. Yes. yes. Uh, he... And oh, sorry. Go oh, ahead. go ahead. Oh, yeah. Let's. Go... Okay. So the man with the bull horn sighs and brushes you past, and as he brushes you two in, there is a cry of outrage from the yeah. ticket holders Fair who have not been allowed to go in, and they press forward on him. So we'll have you guys entering as he, as that sort of tableau plays out behind you. We'll cut to Tina. So during this commotion, I'm, because um, those columns, right, mm-hmm. uh, that are hiding, I'm kind of like peeking behind them. He is He's the guard. He's there by himself. Mm-hmm. And there's cops inside. Mm-hmm. Um, is he the only one in the front entrance? Yeah, right now he's the only one holding back the hordes. Okay. Um, there's no way for me to know what's in the... Okay, I feel like I'm going to use all three of my points right away. Okay. And use my cat-like reflexes to sort of, like, hug the walls, hide behind, like, um, you know, uh, exhibit things, like the statues and the, um... Well, you haven't quite gotten even into... No, I haven't. Okay. But I'm, I'm literally, I'm, I'm planning my. <laughs> I see. You got it. You're doing it all in your head before I'm doing you do it. it. All in my brain. <laughs> so yeah. He, so there's nobody else around the front door but him, right? Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be very easy for me to just kind of like walk over, like sort of like side sneak. Yes. The problem is that everybody who is looking at him could see you, and that's hundreds of people. Okay. If you're not going in and of legitimately, I wore a crop top. yeah. If you're not going in legitimately, <laughs> the front might not be your okay. best route. You're right. And there is a back door. There is a back door. There are also side entrances, and there are uh, there are skylights. Mm, okay, okay. I'm gonna go around the side and then uh, try to climb. <laughs> okay, yeah. Do you still want to use your cat-like reflexes? I'm deciding if I want to save them for when I get in there. I'm gonna try it, and if it doesn't work, <laughs> I'm gonna use them. <laughs> All right, you can roll just one for that. Okay. It's a no, no but. You know what? Here's what happens. You make it almost all the way to the top of the museum. You're about four. I think it's three stories. Yeah. You're about three stories up. And as you make it to the very top, there is a flash of red and you see a woman's face peering over you. No. <laughs> and a heel comes crunching down on your fingers and you plunging back down to the ground. All Oof. right, you're you are in midair. What I'm are you going to do? I'm in midair. Um, I'm, is, there's nothing for me to clutch onto. There might be. Uh, I, I, I'm going to try to grab for like the nearest like crook in a in the wall. Like maybe just grab the wall and uh-huh. like sort of. I'm going to say my you're nail, at a like, disadvantage because one of your fingers is like fucked up. Yeah. Okay, but I am going to sort of like grab the wall with my hands and try to like. Literally Dig hang in. on to anything. All yeah. right, roll two. You have to take the worst one. <sighs> These dice really are unlucky. <laughs> it's it's the no. It's just it's the no. Just so I no. fall all the way down. You fall. <laughs> Three stories. Thanks so much for listening. 
If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. Your review helps other people find our show. And if you really enjoy the show, consider supporting us and all the other great shows on Arcade Audio by going to patreon.com slash arcade audio. There you can talk to the performers on our secret Discord server, get a postcard from your favorite character, or dope Lakeshore and Limbo merch. Write to us on Twitter at Lakeshore Limbo, all one word, or at LakeshoreAndLimbo at gmail.com. Sassy is played by Tina R. Fay. Find her on Twitter at Tina2Cats. Vincent is played by CJ Tor. Find him on Twitter at CJ Tor. Abe was played by Nathan Kaplan. Find him on Twitter at Nathan Kaplan. Everyone else was played by me, James Harvey Freely. Find me on Twitter at James H. Freely. This work is based on Foo, the freeform universal RPG. Found at http colon forward slash forward slash nathanrussell.net slash foo by Nathan Russell and licensed for our use under the Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 Unported License. This episode was recorded at the I.O. Theater. The I.O. Theater is home to Chicago's best improv comedy which shows seven nights a week. They offer classes in improv, writing, and more. Visit ioimprov.com for a full schedule. Our cover art is by Megan McCune. You can see her work at artstation.com slash snippersar. Our theme music was created by John Monteverde. You can find his work at johnmonteverde.com. The song Ghost Processional is from music from https colon forward slash forward slash filmmusic.io. Ghost Processional by Kevin McLeod. https colon forward slash forward slash incomtech.com. License Creative Commons BY. https colon forward slash forward slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash BY slash 4.0 slash. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.